Welcome to this podcast, recorded live at the Junction Church, Aberdeen. We pray this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, you can connect with us at www.thejunctionchurch.com. We're going on a journey to discover what it means that that we might share our faith and we might lead multitudes to Christ. We had a scripture at the end of um, December, uh, at the end of um, 2000 and. Uh, 18 um, in Joel chapter 3 it says multitudes and multitudes in the valley of decision and and we really believe with this scripture that the Lord wants us to bring the message of hope and salvation to the city of Aberdeen to Scotland uh, and to help people take this step one step closer toward the Lord and and we spoke um, at the beginning of the year about very much about the fact that we want to break that cycle in which people think that they have to get someone saved every time they talk to them. Because they say it takes at least eight conversations, meaningful conversations, for someone to come to Christ. A minimum of eight. You don't know who you are along the line of beginning and the end. I've prayed for multitudes of people to come into the kingdom of God. I've led many, many people to the Lord. But it's only because I was the last person in the, in, in the line yeah. of conversations. And I have the unique opportunity of being the pastor. And a lot of people bring their friends to me. Can you lead this person to the Lord? And there you go. You did such a great job. I didn't do anything. <laughs> Literally didn't do anything. I just went just... Pray this prayer. I mean, I was the last person. The work is already done. God is already. People don't just look at me and go, I must get saved. Uh, normally they go, I must get out of here. Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> but sharing your faith and sharing and, and ministering the hope of Jesus Christ into people's lives is literally helping people take a step closer along the way and and your journey your life is interacting with the community it's interacting with your family it's interacting with people around us and it's helping people to take a step closer now as we come to this new series Godspeed it comes off the back of a video that we watched and the beginning of our one step closer series uh, two weeks ago where we um, we watched a video and the video is about a good friend of ours um, who was the Church of Scotland minister for Methlick, which is a little village um, just down the road from where Sharon and I live. And there, uh, they were the Church of Scotland minister. Their son uh, was uh, one of Baez's best friends uh, at school. Uh, and we got to know them very well. And, and uh, they were just a, an amazing uh, couple, uh, originally from the Seattle area of uh, America, and had come over to study um, and had ended up becoming Church of Scotland ministers. And it was an amazing story of how God had taken them on the story of slowing down. And uh, Matt said that he was always in a hurry, go- going somewhere but never arriving, and always travelling so fast that, that no one ever got to know who he was, yeah. and he never got to know who anybody else was either. Yeah. And so he discovered that he had to slow down, because as we slow down, we catch up with God because we have to travel at the speed that God is traveling at through our lives. Yeah. We discovered that the speed that God travels at is around three miles an hour. <laughs> That's the pace that people walk at. Yeah. And we have to understand that the pace that God is working in your life 
is the pace at which we interact with another. Mm. It's about, see, life is about you and I working together. It's about the interaction of humans together. It's not about how much can you fit in and how much can you get done and, and what your goals and your visions are and your tasks. We spoke, I spoke a couple of weeks ago when um, Pastor Andrew was here preaching on a, on a 23rd anniversary and I spoke about the fact that we're not driven by our vision, we are driven for our love for God. God gives us a vision and we have a vision, but our drive is not the vision. Our drive is our love for the Lord. The Lord said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And these are two equal commands. Is that Loving your neighbor as yourself sits alongside with loving God. You can't love God and not love your neighbor. You can't love your neighbor and not love God. They, they, they have to come. They fit together. And, and so this, this process of loving your neighbor takes us away from the race and the, this whole process of life. And we've discovered that the, the whole process of life, people are feeling more and more so, I nearly fell off the stage. They're feeling more and more. <laughs> I thought I was closer than what I actually was. It would be one of those embarrassing moments where you fall over for no reason at all. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so, but what happens is in, in today's society, we have far shorter attention spans that we can't concentrate. I was in, in India back in uh, 2000, uh, 2001, somewhere around at that time, and uh, we were doing a leadership pastor school there uh, in uh, Jammu, in the um, Kashmir region, and uh, we were expressly told by the Home Office not to go, so we went. And, uh, and it was exciting and, and kind of wild and crazy and uh, Yes, they do drive very dangerously. <laughs> and uh, they've discovered the Indian's uh, version of road safety is to honk your horn. Um, so they just get in the car and they just start honking and they drive, they drive the wrong way. You're, you're driving down a motorway and there's cars coming the wrong way up there because it's quicker than, than going the right way and finding a junction and coming back again. They just go the wrong way and they're kind of, the big lorries go, well, I'm big. <laughs> And uh, so we're driving, and we're driving on these mountain roads like this, and driving up, and there's just a sheer drop. And, and then they said, yeah, the road has only just opened because it collapsed in the winter, and they've managed to get it. Going. And we're hacking. I mean, it's one car wide, but it's a two-way lane. And, and you've got coaches because you've got people going on, on pilgrimage and, and everything. It's just a... But it's beautiful. I, I love India. We, I, I just love it so much. And, and uh, we get up there and, and the people are just so amazing. And we get into a village and we're, we're speaking the gospel. But the, the conference is kind of, we were, we were there and we would just get up as uh, invited guests. And we'd get up and we would speak for half an hour or so. And then we'd change over and somebody else would speak for half an hour. But the conference would start at five in the morning and finish at ten at night. And it went all day, literally all day, and I'm, I'm looking at these people, and at 10 at night, we're there, I mean, we would disappear during the day to sleep, because yeah. <laughs> we're, <the, laughs> we're the guests who can't quite keep up with the pace, but the, 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 the villagers and the people there at the conference, they, they were sitting there on the floor all day and all night, and they, their concentration level was far superior to anything that we were capable of. Yeah. 
and one of the reasons I realized for that is that we live in this fast-paced world where everything is constantly demanding your attention such that we are not so capable of keeping focused. They have this theory that women can multitask and men can't. And I want to give you the good news. The good news is no one can multitask. It's it's a scientific impossibility. They've actually done a lot of research. And and what scientists have discovered is this, is that multitasking is impossible, but what the brain is very good at doing is switching. So the brain can think about this thing, and then it can think about that thing. It's very, very good at... uh, Think of this, switch, think of that. Switch, think of this, switch, think of that. The difference between men and women is that we just don't switch so much. (laughs) 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 And so, but the reality is that because we live in a society that's constantly demanding and constantly grabbing our attention, several things have happened. One, your mobile phone is constantly demanding your attention because, and you need your mobile phone. I, I can't actually live without my mobile now because it provides me with my financial information, my income. It tells me where I need to go. It, Google tells me everything that I might need to know. I genuinely don't, but I might need to. Um, it helps me keep in touch with the rest of the world. And people are constantly rotating. So I need this device to tell me these different things. And technology is helping me do things I wouldn't be able to do. But it's also taking my life and it's just increasing the speed. Constantly. Constantly, And it's constantly demanding my attention to switch. 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 Look at at the email. Look at the text. Look at WhatsApp. Look at Messenger. Where did you message me? I don't know. (laughs) I sent you a photo. I haven't seen it. It was on what? I haven't looked at WhatsApp. (laughs) And you constantly switch, switch, switch. Constantly attention. And then what happens is we are now being bombarded with lifestyle that you don't have but would like. And it gets inside of you and you start praying, Jesus, I want that house <laughs> in the Mediterranean two weeks a year. <laughs> I want to own it all of the year, but only go to two weeks. <laughs> I want that swimming pool. I want that. It begins to give you the choice of lifestyle that other people are living. Oh, I'd like to go there. Oh, that's nice. Oh, look at that car. Look at that. I like looking at kitchens. I love... I, I know I'm weird, right? I like looking at I like looking at furniture. I like Cheryl likes looking at dresses. In fact, I discovered, right? I don't know if Cheryl's been on my Facebook, but I discovered went on Facebook to look at what advertisers think I'm interested in. And you can do that through your Facebook. You can look at what your advertisers and I just switch off all the things. So now I've started getting random adverts because they're not allowed to look at anything that I'm interested in. Because all I was getting adverts for was new kitchens. <laughs> I've got a kitchen. I, uh, I like looking at them, but I don't want to be bombarded with adverts for new ones. And, and, uh, and, so, and so you can look at it. And it discovered that it was in, I was interested in dresses. <laughs> I'm not interested in dresses at all. It's Cheryl that looks at dresses. And, and she must have done it on my Facebook. And now Facebook thinks that she's saying no. But I, uh, <laughs> and so constantly, constantly, they switch, 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 giving you a lifestyle that's demanding your attention. Then you come to church and God demands your attention. 
And in that attention, he's saying, come and look at me. And then you switch. And you switch and then you switch back and then you switch. And so when you look at the Lord, you feel a little bit of conviction, a little bit of peace, a little bit of presence, a little bit of... Switch. Tension. Switch. Got to go here. Switch. Got to get home. Switch. Got to drive. Switch. Someone's trying to call me. Switch. Do this constant turn, turn, turn. Because you can't do one thing at a time. They, They did a scientific test that can you talk on the phone and write an email at the same time. You can't do it very well because it demands attention from the, from the same part of the brain. And the brain doesn't cope well trying to do two things at the same time from the same part of the brain. And, and it's, but there's, so there's constants. You can do this, switch, do that, switch. But you, you can, we can switch quickly. But the more you keep switching, the faster you feel like you're going, the less you are doing, the further you get left behind. So you're running faster, but going nowhere, slower. We've got to find God's speed. And God's speed is three miles an hour. And it's three miles an hour because it's the speed at which we are capable of living. I want you to see in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Jesus sends out the seventeen. says in verse, uh, Luke 10, verse 1, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way, behold, I send you out as lambs amongst wolves, carry neither money, bag, knapsack, sandals, greet no one along the road, but whatever house you enter first, say peace to this house, and if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it, if not, it will return to you, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the labour is worthy of his wages, do not go from house to house, whatever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such, such things as they set before you, and heal the sick there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Now, on the face of it, this is quite a hectic conversation, isn't it? I can imagine if the Lord turned up and said, now go, two by two, into Dundee, Edinburgh, Glasgow. Don't take anything with you. Just find someone to to meet and just go and stay with them. It can feel the tension rising. (laughs) And then, but Jesus gives a few rules along the way. The first one he says is, don't get distracted. Don't stop and talk to anyone else. Why? Because you'll switch. Don't just remain. Remain on the task that you've been called to do. Don't do one job and don't switch. All right? Do that job, then do the next job, but do that job without switching halfway through and back again. Do one job, then switch, but do the job before you switch. So go to the house and don't get distracted and chat to some people who are going the other way who call you off and, and, and decide to stop at a cafe and have a drink and a talk and, and, do, and trade something. Just go. So Jesus gives some rules. And then he says, go and stay in that house and be friends with those people and don't keep switching from house to house to house, but stay with them and get to know them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Get to know who they are. So in other words, be present in other people's lives. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 
And one of the things that we have, and one of the greatest challenges I find, is being present in conversation. Because my mind, particularly here in church, my mind's thinking about that noise that's going on behind me. Is that a kid on the drums? Is it? Is that? What's going on upstairs in the office? What happening? Is some, I'm thinking and people are talking to me about the, how their life is going. And I'm going, yeah, yes. And my brain is going, switch, 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 switch. And, and I'm, find, I'm finding this in my head. I've made a covenant with myself. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. I made a, I don't know, I made a promise that I'm going to do my best to be present in conversation. And I'm telling you this so that you can hold me to account. Wow. Wow. If you see me switch, just say, Kevin, be present. <laughs> just be present. Just go, come on, Kev, you can do this. You, you, can, you see my eyes focus past you. You know that you've lost me. Come on, just... Yeah. Kevin, I'm here. <laughs> All right. But then Jesus really ups the ante now. He says, just be ready. And then he says, now heal the sick. Wait, 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 wait. I could do all the rest, right? I can be present. I can slow down and I can switch off. But heal the sick, that's your job. You know what we always say? We say, we can't heal anyone. Jesus heals the sick. Don't we say that? And that's true, right? I get that. That's because we can't do anything. Jesus heals the sick. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, heal the sick. I'm feeling stressed already. I can feel the tension rising and my brain switching. I don't know how to do healing the sick. I don't know how to do the supernatural. See, what happens is we live our life in our natural, but we don't realize that we are spiritual. Mm, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12 says this. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now, when Jesus sent out the 12, and he also sent out the 70, when he sent out the 12, he sent them out and he said, freely you have been, freely you received, freely give. In other words, there has been a free gift of spiritual life into you. That is where we have to live from if we're going to live at God's speed. Now, yeah. now, stick with me here. Later on in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, in 1 Corinthians, yeah, sorry, 1 Corinthians 2, it says, verse 14, but the mat- natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. One translation calls it the inner man and the outer man. Now, the natural man is not your necessarily your sinful nature, it's just your natural nature. Are you with me here? Yeah. Yeah. Your natural, J- James, this is James. Pastor James. James is, see, what I've done is I've surrounded myself with intelligent people. <laughs> Makes me look good, right? 
So let me, let me tell you one of the reasons why James is passing here. He was one of the most faith-filled, energetic, life-living, hope-against-all-odds person, right? He is extraordinary faith. Yeah. Uh, so, come on. Extraordinary faith. And, and generosity that you wouldn't believe, right? So this is James. Now, James, you're going to be the natural man. So... <laughs> Because you're, you're full of energy. When you see Ben going... It's a four-year-old version of a 30-something-year-old man. How old are you, James? 36. 36. I was going to say 35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to be generous. But, um, so it's your natural man, right? Your natural man is the man that you use to drive your car to get to church. Don't use your spiritual man because you end up in a spiritual place. Right? Use your natural man. That's it. The natural man uses logic and reason. All right? Because we don't want to end up in spiritual places just yet. It's your natural man. But the natural man uses spiritual. The natural, there's a natural world and there is a spiritual world. The natural man is used to do the natural things. But which has, I'm going to need you, you're going to have to be the spiritual man. It's because you're tall and strong. And <laughs> and I'm wearing leather, right? Yeah, and you're wearing leather, yeah. <laughs> we're in, we're in, <laughs> Cheryl's got leather. Where's Laura? She's got leather. Laura's a, is she in crash or something? She was wearing leather as, as well. So anyway, yeah. So, so natural man, spiritual man, right? So the natural man reasons with the spiritual things and thinks it doesn't make any sense. Have you ever thought about the fact that your faith makes no sense yeah. Yeah. in natural things, yeah. right? It's spiritually discerned. It is a gift from God. What we end up trying to do is make our natural life spiritual. You know you, will make it, you won't make it spiritual, you will make it religious. You'll make it religious because the natural man doesn't get spiritual things. The natural man has to be subject... Sorry, James. I'm gonna, the natural man has to be subject to the spiritual man. It doesn't work the other way around because it's too tall. So the natural man... Like his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, guys, stay spiritual, Chad. Spiritual. The natural, the natural man. If the natural man is, if you're living out of the natural man, you're constantly you're trying to share the gospel, but you're trying to do it out of your natural man. All you're doing is just speaking about things, but it doesn't have the power of supernatural life because it's natural. So you create rules and regulations. I've been in church where there have been more rules than there has been life. Why did that? Because it was just natural church begone religious but lost their spiritual dimension. Jesus said, heal the sick. Well, no one can do that. Of course they can't because they are natural. But the spiritual man has been given to us by God to do spiritual things. And so the spiritual man can do supernatural works through the natural because the natural is now subject to the spiritual. Are you here with me here? Come on, let's appreciate the pastors. Now, (laughs) 
Jesus says many times, he says, with man, things, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Yeah. When the angel turned up to speak to Elizabeth, he says this, he says, nothing is impossible with God. All right? For with God, nothing will be impossible. It is, in fact, how it's translated. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, the word nothing is no thing. And that word thing is the word no rhema, which rhema is the word of God. Nothing that the word, no word which God has spoken will be impossible for it to to function. See, the the word of God will always do what it's called to do. The freshly spoken word of God will achieve what it's called to to happen. Nothing, no rhema, will be impossible for God. See, when God speaks and God has spoken over our lives for spiritual things have been given to our spiritual being. I have been born again. My natural man has received by faith a spiritual impartation and I have come alive in God through my spirit. Jesus said, heal the sick. Let me tell you something. I've seen a lot of miracles. I've seen incredible things. God do incredible things. I have prayed for a lot of people and seen nothing. (laughs) You with me here? We spend most of our life in our natural. Wrestling with trying to be spiritual. But we need to learn how to step into the nothing is impossible for God. But that's because we don't because our natural man is constantly trying to reason with logic. Trying to reason with rules. Trying to reason with human environments but the spiritual man remains subject to the things of God what we have to learn to do is to soften our heart and come into that place of sensitivity now listen Peter spent was a bold courageous man two things about Peter the first thing is God Jesus utterly transformed him and changed him the second thing is he never changed at all Right? He, he, he utterly transformed him, but he never changed him. Mm. Yeah. Are you with me here? Yeah. So he transformed him from living a natural life to a spiritual life, but he never changed him because Peter was still Peter, the man who boldly spoke up when everybody else was afraid to do anything. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. See, that's what Jesus does with us. He transforms us, but we never change. Yeah. Mm. All right, so your personality is your personality. It's your gift from God. That thing that you are, don't try and change that. That's that's who you are. Seeing that your spirit man comes alive and you will know a transformation. Peter speaks, Peter and John are walking to the temple soon after the day of Pentecost and they're going up to the temple to pray and and there is a a beggar man who's been lame from birth and and he's sitting sitting there asking for silver and gold and Peter looks at him and the man looks up at Peter expecting to receive something and Peter looks at him and he says he fixes his eyes on it and says silver and gold 
I do not have, but that which I do, I give to you, rise up and walk. Peter did what he had been trained to do, which was to transfer that which he had received and he gave it to the man who didn't have it because he was in that moment, he was living by his spiritual man, not living in that switch, switch, switch tension of trying to be, yeah. s- trying to be spiritual in a natural world, in a natural man. You can't force the nature of God. You can't will it up. You can't fast and pray it into being. You can fast and pray that your spirit man will yield to the heart, but you can't perform spiritual yoga moves to impress God. (laughs) Are you with me here? You can't do things. Maybe if I give a little bit more money, God will do this for me. Mm. Giving more money is good, but it doesn't move God to do that because it's still your natural man that's doing it. Mm. Jesus said, cast all your burdens unto me for my burden is light and my yoke is easy. Mm-hmm. Right? My burden is light and my yoke is easy. The spiritual life is easy because what happens is, is that we yield to our spirit nature, which is the difficult bit. Mm-hmm. But when you yield to the, your spiritual nature, your spiritual man goes, I can only do this with the Lord. Because wow. the spiritual man knows he's entirely dependent on the Holy Spirit, entirely dependent on the presence of the Lord, entirely, depresent, uh, entirely dependent on, on God's word. And so the spiritual man yields to the life of the Holy Spirit. But we spend our life trying to reason and rationalize and trying to do these things. And God just goes, just lean on me. Yeah. Shall read a scripture, and I'm going to finish with this in Philippians chapter 4. But this is how we yield. This is how we slow down. This is how we train a natural man to live subject to us in a, a spiritual man, our inner man. All right? This is how we train. In Philippians chapter 4, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. We're switching from natural. We're concentrating our heart and mind on those things which are good and true. We're not being distracted by the things of this world. Natural, switch, 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 switch. Whatever things are good report. Whatever things are of virtue. You know, it says that when Jesus was walking along the crowd and people were bustling and pushing into him and, and a man comes and says, Look, my, my daughter is, is sick, will you come and heal her? And he says, I will come and... And people are pushing against him. And everyone's looking for a miracle. Everyone wants something from Jesus. No one's getting it. No one's getting it. Jesus is going to a man who wants a miracle. Everybody else wants a miracle too. But then no one's getting it. They're pushing, they're touching him, but they're not getting anything. But a woman comes from behind and says, 
If I can touch his cloth, if I can touch his robe, faith ignites in her and she receives virtue. The Bible says virtue. Jesus said, I felt power. Virtue. He says, I felt virtue leave me. Power left him and there was this divine spiritual connection. Now Jesus has unlimited power because he's filled with an unlimited God. But he feels it leave him. In the midst of all of this tension of natural, Jesus is filled with spiritual. And behind him is a woman who catches a glimpse of what is supernatural. She catches it in sense of in his robe. Now, I could talk for an hour on the robe of Christ and the bindings and the turnings that were in the robe that the Jews had. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 4, it says, And the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. The wings were his robes. The robes, as the Jews wore the robes they would wear, they called them wings. And the robes and the knots and the ties represented the word of God and the covenant of God's healing grace and promises to his children. So when the woman looked at Jesus, she sees within him something greater than just a natural man. See, everybody else is looking at Jesus, the natural man. But she sees the promises of God. And she receives virtue. Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, we've got to see within our heart those things which God is doing and switch off from those things which is just the busyness of life. Life will always be busy. We can't change this world. can't slow it down. We can't switch off technology. Even if you can take your phone away for a few moments. But you can turn your heart toward the Lord. You can remain focused and present with Him. Man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Thanks for joining with us. For more information about events, service times and how to connect with us, visit www.thejunctionchurch.com.